you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. Welcome to In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and the Destiny community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we want to thank you as always for making this show a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And my name is Jordan. And today we're going to be talking about spoilers. So make sure that if you have not completed the story and you don't want to get any spoiled information... We appreciate it, but hold on to the show until later on. For those watching us live, we want to thank you as always. We're on twitch.tv slash dsbolt and twitch.tv slash imtbot. And we'll have that in the show notes in case you're not watching live. But we definitely want to encourage that you guys check us out there. And also that you check out all the other amazing killer podcasts available here on the Mashos Buttons Network at www.mashosbuttons.com. Make sure you get involved with the show, as I mentioned, by going to those Twitch, or you can send us a tweet at Inorbit Podcast on Twitter. So, before we get into anything Destiny related, David, how has your week been? My week's been good. I mean, it feels like the longest time since I've been able to say this, but I spent the entire week playing Destiny, right? It's mm-hmm. All since last show, the entire thing. Destiny grinding getting raid ready going into the raid and now trials is upon us it's been a it's been a good week what's you jordan same i did destiny all week man uh it was fantastic i i don't know like i actually at times i forgot about like uh some of the goals i had when i sit out starting to play the game at the beginning of the week which is like get raid ready and things like that like I completely forgot about that and just was like exploring and having fun in the game. And it's been so long since I've done that, that I mean, I just I, I almost can't put it into words. I'm I'm so excited. I'm still excited about the game right now. It's Awesome. For the most part, I would say I've, I've been definitely enjoying my time with Destiny. Um, the reason I say I, for the most part is because we run into a specific garden, so to say, and it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where a lot of our raid runs have ended, unfortunately. But we'll talk about that much, much later. I did want to take the first part to go ahead and talk about the story and actually our review of the game so far. Um, so with that, I kind of want to pass it over to David again. David, now you can go ahead and get into spoilers, talk about things that really interested you, you didn't like, whatever the case may be. Go ahead and talk about your review of Destiny 2. Okay, well, first off, uh, I think I got to cover this since I received multiple questions after your editing, okay? What was bleeped out last week was simply I was saying that uh, the way supers work, Golden Gun melted Gaul, uh, who was the final boss of the story. Um, 
which that fight was interesting to me. I, I liked it. I liked, I mean, Jorge was in the party. He was like, I can't wait for you to get this part. Can't wait for you to get this part. And then Gaul pulls his dog leg. I'm sitting there like, what the heck? He's a guardian now. Yeah. But no, it was cool the way they did it. I didn't like how strong we were because it made the boss fight not challenging at all. Um, but overall, I thought the story was great. Um, I, I think we talked about a, a little bit about last last week. Um, overall, like the uh, voice quality or uh, voice acting quality, um, the story itself, the way it progressed, it felt great. It, it wasn't anything that Destiny One had. Um, we really, we really got to experience what I think this um, universe can deliver, and it's set up for way more. So I'm super, super, super happy about it. Um, overall, though, I think I would give it. Um, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 because there was some parts that I think can be improved on, uh, especially with Gaul's development and um, just kind of some random things that happened. But overall, I thought it was a great, great story. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned last week, I think the story was very, very good um, in the first third. Then when you get to the Vanguard, um, that's when it really drops. Um, and when you get to the final third, it picks up, but you're let down by certain things that just kind of don't really get explained or, or it, it's everything with regards to the, to Gaul and the console. Like I expected Ga before this game was even released or before I even got the collector's edition that had this book, the one I was talking about last week. I expected that Gaul was going to be the last boss of the raid and or that possibly the console himself was. They were building the console to be this mysterious guy that even in the book that that I mentioned that I just held up that he had that the emperor refuses to to call him by name. So something happened with the console and nothing gets elaborated on with regards to the console. We don't know anything about him what he does is he dead cuz I mean when they did the for the <laughs> choke on him, it was, there's no crack. Usually there's a crack or something, or usually somebody's been held up when they're being choked. So it was just kind of like Gaul, uh, the console went out like a loser and Gaul came in and decided to completely do a 180 and take on the power that, that was being siphoned from the traveler. It, it, it's the whole thing at the end was weird. It was a cool battle in, in terms of visual and and how how much of a spectacle it was but as you mentioned it was it was just so easy and it opened up a lot of stuff in the future that that post credit scene um yeah the the post credit scene and the ending itself because all of a sudden the traveler is alive and he's out there he has his light again he and he's awakened and he possibly awakened the darkness or whatever that enemy is most likely it is the actual darkness the, the ancient enemy of the traveler and it's going to be heading towards us so jordan why don't you go ahead and talk about your feelings on the actual story and, and i completely forgot if i had to give it a grade right now it'd be a 7.5 out of 10 okay okay right. okay um i the the for me the story was pretty good i I don't want to say I like a completely agree with Jorge, but I think I may be starting to lean more towards Jorge's thoughts and thinking that the story started off really strong and in the middle, it wasn't bad for me, but it was lacking. There were a lot of 
opportunities that were missed in the middle of the story, in my opinion, uh, in regards to the Vanguard. Uh, and the Vanguard being the characters that we know and love, Zavala, Ikor, and Cade. Uh, we had Hawthorne, who presents some unique uh, options for future story, which I want to see them flush out. Uh, I wasn't necessarily... Um, upset or uh, anything up with what they did with her. They just, they do have a lot of potential with her though. And I hope they use that in the future. Um, the end of the story uh, was too quick. It was too sudden, but part of me, so half of me was like thinking that and that it was a mistake. But the other half of me is thinking that they did that on purpose because they didn't want to drag it on and they wanted to just simply should use or they were simply using Gaul and his storyline as the lead in to what's coming in the game. And we sort of saw that in the cutscene uh after you beat Gaul and the credits roll. So um yeah it's the whole classic circle versus triangle. So you know we all know how that ends. The right. uh overall story uh up to that point I would probably give it somewhere around a seven to eight because it was lacking a lot, but it was really good what, compared to the old stuff. Uh, the old stuff, I would have said it was like a five at most. So it's definitely much improved. Now, this grade is a floating grade, in my opinion, because there's going to be a lot more to come. And after you beat the story, the credits roll and the cutscenes there, you end up having a lot more to do and a lot more story that gets filled in. So... If you want to talk about the story of the game up to the point where you finished all of the lost sectors in all the adventures and sort of done them in order, it it improves already. So maybe that's, that's like a solid eight, eight and a half. It's very true that the adventures in lost sector, well, more adventures in lost sectors, but the, the adventures really um, fine tune parts of the story. Uh, they lead into the raid like they uh, fill in parts of lore. And I, I think. I mean, I guess can we can we include subclasses as part of the story? Like those missions were Definitely. really cool. Yeah, uh, the lore in those, and I think like like you guys have said, like the whole premise behind this story and the story itself and the lore there is awesome. It's just they they did miss a few steps on execution, which this is just us like picking at it because it, it's definitely one of the. Um, best stories we've seen maybe not the best story we've seen from the destiny universe but it is one of the best we've seen and i think um adding in the adventures in my book it does become the best because of um all the little bits you get to learn about the characters you've interacted with and the world that they've built mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh, like chris was just mentioned on the uh, the chat right there um i completely agree with it his, his exact quote is, I think we needed to do more to earn back our light, to struggle more and to show that we were still guardian worthy without it. Felt like a cop out. And in many ways, I, I kind of agree. Uh, I always go back to Spider-Man 2, uh, the original one with Tobey Maguire, where he, when, he lo when he loses his powers, he was basically the regular Peter Parker before he got bit by the spider. And... He had to prove himself what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. It's not just his powers. It's the fact that he's that common man, the one that inspires. The, the, remember the kid that, that, that's there and he inspired that kid. Like that's when he saw himself as Spider-Man again. That's when he decided to go ahead and try to re-earn his power. 
Um, he did it by jumping off a building. That's not that smart, but that's beside the point. Still a cool movie. But it, there was no moment where our guardian, you know, felt inspired by by what he did. It, he kind of right. it was it inspired was always being pushed. Yeah, right. He was kind of being pushed forward by the ghost. Who's like, remember we had that vision. When did that vision happen? That, that, that's that's something that that like crossed my head. That the ghost was like, well, remember that was in your dream. What dream? Where like you mean you mean are, that are cut you, scene that looked like a, a credit scene to me? Is 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 that what what his dream was? There, there was more of a there wasn't enough. I don't think that there was enough done right there between the time that you fell off the ship and you reawaken to kind of like because your 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 guardian goes through basically two concussions: the one when he falls off the ship, and then the one where he when you fall off that false cliff that you're you're jumping towards a hawk, and it's like nope, and then you wake up and it's like Hawthorne's here like picking you up, like concussion number two. NFL protocol saved me. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, a, there's just, there's not enough moments where they, they okay. In, in Crucible, they force you to go in, into more about gunplay. But in the story, it's all about the, the power, the light that you have. And it's, and I feel that they're, they missed out on forcing you to really talk, use about, talk about the gunplay and, and stuff to lead up to the, to, to the light. Maybe while you're with Hawthorne, you're going out there to save people. All of a sudden you see a, something that is, is calling to you in the forest. Like if you yourself were, were on a, a, a mission with Hawthorne in the EDZ, you go to the edge of the dark forest. All of a sudden, like something like there's a beam of light that you can see Hawthorne's walking away and, and the ghost is like, yo, Let's investigate that. I, I feel like it's calling to us. Maybe that would have been a little bit better than how it was where, oh, I see a dream. And then Hawthorne's like, well, if you want to go, go ahead. I don't, I don't care, but that's all on you. <laughs> right. Like, it seemed weird. You know yeah. what I mean? It's I so insignificant that I actually forgot to even mention it because I was disappointed <laughs> with how they did that. That's, I mean, it just was like a blip. I think I think all of the problems that um, we've pointed out all come back to this theme of once again, the story and it's going to it's just going to sound so picky for me to say it. But the story was once again too short and like we got a longer story this time and people are happy with its length. But um, the way they did the story, I feel like didn't fully flush out the parts that need to be flushed out. And that's the way I think it was too short. You have things like um, the beginning where you instantly get your light back. I would have liked to earn my light back somehow, like fight alongside Hawthorne for a bit and learn what it's like to be a person without light rather than just being a wimp without light when they're all not. Um, when you go to get um, the Vanguard back, it's you show up on their planet. You do one thing after they talk about how they're jealous of you and suddenly they're back with you. I don't know. And then the ending, like we said, like there's the console who they built up, built up, built up. All of a sudden, Gaul chokes him out. Is he dead? We don't know. Um, and it, it goes into the final boss fight. Like it was like, yes, there was a longer story. Yes, the missions were longer, but the missions were just longer because you were shooting more things. It they missed opportunities, I think, to expand on the story more. And I think, yes, they got cutscenes right this time. The cutscenes are awesome. The acting in them was awesome. But you need to use the game itself to expand story as much as you need to use cutscenes, and I think that's that's where they missed out this time around. Right. Yeah. Again, the the reason I'm I'm so hard in this game is because from a gameplay perspective, it's absolutely fantastic. The game is amazing to play. 
It's head and shoulders above Destiny 1. And I, because I am so fascinated by the, the lore and the possible directions that could go, to see how where it went, I was kind of disappointed. I, I expected more in terms of where they were going there. And I, I wanted them to take that next step. That that's just me. I, I I'm I'm pretty sure that there's great plans that they've already uh, done, especially now that this is the first actual. This is weird to say. This is the first actual whole game that has been designed, not cut up and created a game from. Like this is an actual. They had a an actual plot. They went with the plot and they went forward with it. This is not a game put together of pieces like Destiny One was. Right. Torn apart and then put back together. That's true. And I like overall, like I said, the story itself, the lore itself is amazing. There's just some in-game components that are missing that could make it that much better. Absolutely. Um, So there's something big I kind of want to talk about with regards to adventures. So there's a whole bunch of adventures and they all lead to the stories that are on the planets. They're rather interesting um, most of them are about 30 to minutes to an hour, depending on which adventure. But there's a big one that really stuck out, and it's the one um, invitation from the Emperor. And the reason I bring this up is because whereas I think the main storyline was relatively weak overall, I think that the storyline leading up to the actual raid was so well done. It is oh, yeah. so good. If you think that the main storyline has its own like possibilities for the future, you haven't seen anything for the one for the raid. So uh, let's talk about that one a little bit. Invitation from the Emperor. So it, it's on Nessus. You pick up the, the patrol. It tells you to go into a Vex tower, which is right across the, the Radiolarian Sea. That's what I'm just going to call it. That, that big puddle of, of white Vex milk. Um, and you go in there and all of a sudden you're fighting cabal that have a different icon. It has the chalice icon and above them says seventh legion or seventh, le- uh, I forget it's something seventh. Um, and they're not red legion. These are actual take, uh, cabal who are aligned with the cabal emperor, emperor callus previous emperor. S- correct. Um, everything with regards to Callus, which we learn again, going back to the book, is that Callus was exiled by um, Gaul and the Praetoriate. Instead of killing him, because that would have incited a civil war within the Cabal, they exiled him. They exiled him on a ship called the Leviathan. This ship is a planet-eating ship. First off, I'm like, why would you exile somebody on a planet-eating ship? Regardless, moving on, everything with regards to Emperor Callus is that he went around for thousands of years. Remember, the exile that happened for Callus didn't just happen while we're doing the things for, Vin- for Vanilla Destiny. This happened thousands of years ago. While Callus is out there being in exile... He's learning about the universe, and it's heavily implied that Callus himself came into contact with the darkness. He has a lot of knowledge of the darkness or some sort of alternative power. The darkness when you're is evil. In, well, we don't know evil that. Evil AF, man. In many ways, from what is shown before the, before the raid even starts, 
he's kind of like uh, Varix. Varix hasn't been shown to be truly evil, nor is he truly good. He's the neutral, not chaotic good. We'll go with that. Darcidius thought he was neutral too. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> so so everything with Join regards me. to Emperor Callus is Together, that he's had a lot of experience. The <laughs> he's had a lot of experience with everything with regards to the universe. He knows a lot more than he leads leads on. So he sends out an invitation. Whoever kills Gaul will be able to enjoy my trials, my my challenges. Um, you pick up the the uh, the adventure. You go in there, as I mentioned, the Vex area. You clear out the the cabal there, and you're going from location to location, picking up on the radio signal that's being sent out to the cabal emperor. Eventually, you're realizing that everything sounds very weird. They're talking about the cabal studying Nessus to basically consume it. And at first you're just like, why would you consume a planet? Drink it as And then wine. you realize that the Leviathan is about as big as Delta Burke. <laughs> and, it's, and it's ready to eat you. And it, it's, it's actually rather impressive when you finally get the mission pop up the first time and you see a giant faded ship right behind Nessus. And you, to pick the, <laughs> the, um, the raid, you go into Nessus orbit. And it's really yep. cool when you go into the raid that there's an actual cutscene that shows off and you're in this gigantic Roman golden palace. And as you walk forward, all of a sudden you hear Emperor Callus's voice. It's like, oh, I see you've accepted my challenge. I forget what it says exactly, yeah. but he just sounds bo- boisterous and just evil. <laughs> and it, it was it was actually it really, was, really cool. Yeah. Did you turn around immediately? Because when you guys were running around at, at the bottom before we started climbing... I turned around and I was like, you see Nessus behind you. You see yeah. just the horizon. And it's like, you can sort of see if you look, you can see the, the huge ship. You're like, what is going on? Like, you don't really. I, I appreciated like how large the real estate was that we had to roam around in for the raid. And it was like just a little tiny like hood ornament on this ship, this world eating mm, Leviathan ship. It was like, holy crap. I mean, yeah, it's 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 impressive what they did with the raid. It's huge. Yeah. One mm-hmm. thing one thing you mentioned about him talking when you come in, it wasn't just when you come in. And this is what I think it was really cool is between encounters. He, he's talking to you now. He's he's giving you yeah. little bits of insight. He's um, kind of like mocking you, taunting you in ways. And I like that because it's it's one step closer to something we've been asking for, which is just story dialogue in the raid, because the raid is essentially the part part of the story. And before it's it's just been very weird. You've mentioned it many times on the show that the ghost just shuts up. Everybody shuts up when you get into the raid just because you have six people. Now, um, the ghost is is not the ghost isn't really talking to you, but Callus is talking to you. And the other this goes into the the strikes, I think, more too. Um, the dialogue is focused like it, it mentions the fact that you have a fire team. It mentions the fact that you have six people, which is something Destiny One never did. And I really like that. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. I just want to say, before even talking about the actual raid, like the actual visual visual spectacle of Callus's palace is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah. It seems so weird to, to see what looks like Roman 
figures, even though it's really they're cabal warriors, but they're still in Roman poses and, and they have very Romanesque looking gear and weapons and, and just the look of them, like everything looks absolutely fantastic. Gold platings everywhere. Like, like this would put Donald Trump to shame. Like he wants gold stuff everywhere. Like this would be like, oh my God. It's, it's, it's just absolutely mind blowing how fantastic it looks. It, it's, it's that Bungie went above and beyond in an area that, not many people are going to touch. And I guess they did, they did this on purpose because they're hoping that more people go in. Um, and thankfully, it's not really a spoiler, but because the world first team completed the raid, everybody now ha has access to a PVP map based on that look. And it also looks absolutely fantastic. So I haven't actually gotten to play on that. I, like it didn't load in for me. <laughs> So uh, I know it's definitely in the competitive playlist, yeah. and if I'm not mistaken, I also played one or two matches in um, quick play. What's the other in quick play? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but it's definitely in the competitive playlist. They use it in countdown. Um, they've done. I don't believe what's the one with ten lives. Survival. Survival. Thank you. Um, but regardless, it, it just, uh, I, 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 we, we, we've, we've said multiple times in this show, whether or not it looks glossy or whatever is irrelevant. Like Bungie is second to Nintendo in terms of taking the artistic style and making it look absolutely fantastic. They just went above and beyond with this game and especially this raid. It looks, I, I, I want everybody to experience if at least if they can't experience a raid to at least go in by themselves just to walk around and take a look at this because it will take you just, forever to explore the area you can get to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, the first area like you're not even in the actual area where you're fighting people, although you could be you're you're not even in the actual area where you're doing any encounters. So you you go in and as you're walking in, there are these cabal who are just standing there just and as you're passing by, they're just turning their heads looking at you like this. And they're they're not shooting unless you decide to be that that guy and decide to shoot them. <laughs> like we had someone in our team do. Um but yeah, that, yeah, was, there's, <laughs> that was the second time. The first time no one shot, and it true. was awesome because it was something we'd never experienced before to walk into a raid on invitation and they're mm -hmm. just like sitting there not saluting us but like lining our path it was it was just a kind of a surreal experience they hadn't created before in in a raid and i really liked it and it, going along with that you mentioned earlier gall we thought at first gall wasn't going to be the final raid boss well he wasn't and um it's just it's it's a completely different raid than we've ever seen because it isn't this big bad guy that you're fighting it's it's um as someone pointed out in chat it's more similar to um Prison of Elders, where it's just challenges. It's not an actual, here's a big bad guy who's going to destroy the galaxy. It's you're trying to prove yourself to someone. And it's really, really cool the way they did it because it changes the way we look at raids. Yeah, I mean, as I was mentioning before to other people, just reading the, the book, it was heavily presented as something that would be Prison of Elders-esque. Um, where you're being challenged. And my original theory was that the Leviathan was going to have a social space. 
Um, I was wrong about that, but but it just seemed like everything was leading to you being challenged by the emperor for succeeding in the task of stopping Gaul and getting him some revenge. Now, obviously, you didn't do it for the emperor. You did it to save your own tower and your city and all that. But he's basically like, you did the task. I can reward you. I can give you gifts. Uh, what, what's the flavor text? Um, grow fat in strength. Yeah, something oh, like that. Yeah, teach you how to grow fat with strength <laughs> or something like that. Before you even get into the raid, on the on the actual director, it says grow fat from strength. It's hilarious. Well, that's the, the final and, line of the raid as well. Right. So, yeah, it's just everything is, is it's very, very weird um, with regards to, the, to this raid because things that you wouldn't expect to be fighting against, you are fighting against them. Um, mm. let's, let's talk about the actual raid itself. Uh, go inside. Um, the very first time you actually fight enemies is amazingly cool. So th there are three keys located around this giant map, the center area. Yeah. They're standards. Um, Think of them as staffs. Yeah. They're, they're called standards, as he mentioned. Um, and you have to bring three of them over as you're bringing them over and you slam them down in front of the door that you're going to open up. Other enemies come in that are designed to take the standards. Standard reclaimers, if I'm not mistaken, that's what they're called. And there's going to be scions called counselors that come out who shield these standard reclaimers. So you have to split up into two. Well, you can do it by yourself if you wanted to. But I, I, the way we did it was we had four people protecting the standards, two people going out to uh, get another standard. And you're, it's a giant, it's amazing to see how many enemies really are in this, in this raid. You're constantly being swarmed by majors and just things that are oh, yeah. dealing massive damage. Yeah. And then the actual, uh, the one who's guarding the standard, he's just tanking shots. And it's so fun. Like everything about that, as I was talking about to, to Jordan and David when we were doing the raid, it reminded me a lot of Gears of War, and anybody who's heard the show knows that I've talked about it hundreds of times, and I keep bringing it up, but just the feeling of chaos, just nonstop fighting, and it, it felt great. It felt amazing. It, 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 it was an opening area that blew my expectations. Yeah, it felt like the beginning of a raid should, in my opinion, and... I don't know if we've really felt that since Vault of Glass, to tell you the truth, like opening up the door to the vault. That was an awesome encounter the first time you did it and the 10th time. Uh, this is an awesome encounter as well. Um, like you said, it's chaos, but it's organized chaos. And it allows you to engage, enjoy, and appreciate what Bungie has given us um, and when you're finished and you enter that first door, you are already like, wow, that was mm -hmm. that's a lot already. We just did this whole encounter that was really only meant to be the lead up to the true encounters in the raid. Yeah. So do you want to move on and talk about what's next in the raid? Well, real quick, I just want to say okay. that um, it's, it's basically like the, the key mechanic. We've seen a key mechanic at the start of every raid. 
And uh, this key mechanic, like, definitely took it three steps up because um, one, not only is it an actual true challenge, which none of them have been before. It was never in King's Fall a <laughs> challenge. It was never in Vault of Glass a challenge to unlock the raid. Um, mm-hmm. This one was, which um, I guess Wrath of the Machine did the best job before this of kind of getting that, like, key challenge down. There was a lot for you to do at the start, but this one mm-hmm. is still way more to keep track of. And it really sets the standard of how you're going to have to play this with teams being divided on tasks. And um, the part we hadn't mentioned yet, um, people, you have to come back to this mechanic. Every time you want to go to a new area, you have to redo this at a new door to unlock the door. And I really like that because it, it brings, I, I don't know, it, it just felt right to me that you had to come back and redo the mechanic to open the next door to unlock the next challenge. And I I, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I was not, normally I would be upset if I had to go back and do something that wasn't fun, but this is like I said, it's just pure chaos and fun. It's just, Oh, it's, it's, it. I, I loved it. I really, 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 really love it. Um, it also introduces the mechanic that you're, you'll see throughout the raid of the science. Everything about this raid is about the psionic barriers and projections and items like that. Um, and, the counselors themselves are the introduction to that. They're they're the scions who are hold, who are in a shield. If you remember Castlevania um, Symphony of the Night, it, they almost look like Shaft. Um, he's that's the name of the final boss. Um, he's in a giant bubble and he's just holding out the projection there, protected. You have to go inside his bubble and slap him or or shoot him or whatever. And I think it's. It's really cool to see and um, the mechanics out there. They're trying to clue you and they're trying to teach you as you play. Um, but yeah, so once you complete that, you get the three keys, you go to the next area. Now, the one thing I will say, um, and that is kind of weird, throughout the raid, as you complete these encounters, you're kind of getting rewarded, but you're not... Um, in all the runs that I've done, uh, I've only seen two people get anything and they were weapons. One was a submachine gun. One was a, the pulse rifle, which actually was really, really good. It reminds me of the pulse rifle from Trials of Osiris here. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Trials of Osiris. Uh, that is Trials of Osiris, but not the pulse rifle, the scout rifle, the original one where you get kills with a headshot you get the quick reload and then you have um where once you get a kill you uh, quickly reload you get um additional damage it's a really really cool pulse rifle and i'm hoping to get it and there's already controversies about the raid um weapons we'll talk about that later um but i haven't seen too many weapons i haven't seen any armor pieces so you're not always going to get powered up through the raid. They're kind of expecting you to have already been powered up before you get into the raid. And Just, you uh, really need to be powered up. I don't I don't want to say that. The reason I say that is because this is more mechanics heavy. Um, what is heavily re- recommended is that you be at least 280 because the final room does you, you, you're going to need to deal some serious damage. That being said, if you don't know the mechanics of the raid, you're not going to pass this, whether you're 300 or not. 
Right. This this raid is heavily focused on teamwork and mechanics. As of the time of recording, a team of four has beaten the raid from beginning to end. But we're not all the legend. What's his name? The legend. Slayer Age. The legend yeah, himself Slayer is the Age. clan. Slayer Age yeah. is the person. Slayer Age, whatever. Him. I don't <laughs> care. Loser. I'm just joking. I'm joking. Congratulations, but I'm jealous. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, just because Slayer Age can do it doesn't mean that everybody can. I want to emphasize that. You, you do have to work as a team. You have to communicate, which is why it's going to be interesting to see when uh, Guided Games opens up for raids, um, because this is a very, very difficult raid if you don't know the, can- the mechanics. You thought King's Fall was hard? This takes it to the next level. Um, the the first real encounter room. So I always count the middle area as the the center area. I don't count that as an encounter. I consider the first room, the bathhouse, the actual first encounter. It's an actual cabal bathhouse that has poison rooms, and you have to split up into two teams, and you're ro- you're constantly rotating to get this empowerment that protects you from the poison. Relay um, race. Yeah. Yeah. It's a basically. big giant. Basically. It's the it's it's the next step, the evolution of the concept from King's Fall with regards to the totems, where you're constantly moving around, you're constantly moving, you're killing ads, you're keeping the area clear until you activate what needs to happen, and then you take down uh, the the lamps, the cisterns. Yep. There's yeah. three lamps that you have to destroy. You're constantly being bombarded with ads. And you would think that there would be a boss. The actual boss is the encounter itself. Yep. It's the cisterns. Once you finally get the whole thing down and you're dealing with bathers, I'm not joking. There are <laughs> giant majors called bathers. They're basically you, giant is a cleaver wielding cabal. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to lie. The first time I saw the name Bather, I was like, what? It's a bathhouse. They, what do you expect? They look like E-Honda. They big, look like E-Honda. A big hairy guy with they, a towel wrapped honestly, around him. And he whips his rem- towel off and starts whipping you. <laughs> that's the, they that's the Bather. <laughs> remind me of the, uh, she was, it was a ogre or something like that from Lord of the Rings. The original Lord of the Rings. Yo, in, uh, yeah. Fellowship. They did look that's like what that. it reminds me of. They did look like that. That's that's a really good analogy right there. Yeah. Now I can't so, stop thinking so, about that. Yeah, so it's you against 700 E-Hondas, mutated E-Hondas, and destroying a whole bunch of Lumieres. <laughs> so, so real quick, kind of expanding on this encounter, do we like that this raid is more built around encounters not bosses yeah yeah i, I didn't know we've experienced yeah yeah i mean sure. I, I think i think it we were so um we were so focused on bosses before that it's hard to go to something where all of a sudden you're not fighting bosses that's the, this is the one thing that everybody has to get used to this raid only has one real boss now in many ways, you can say, well, there's technically a second boss with regards to uh, the dogs, which we'll talk about in the infamous Pleasure Garden. Um, I would definitely consider them a, a boss, a group of bosses, but they're not your typical giant bosses. You're not fighting Atheon. You're not fighting orcs in his giant self. You're fighting rather contained enemies that are pretty, they're at most 10 to 15 feet tall. In, in the final boss. Um, most of the enemies are your regular size cabal or your dogs. 
the infamous dogs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't. I personally didn't have a problem with it because everything was about the experience, about you proving yourself against the odds. It reminds me of an episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, there is what I, I know I, coming from left field. But there was that one episode where um, Aang returns to uh, to find King Boomy, and King he doesn't know that the old guy is King Boomy. So King Boomy puts him through these trials, and they were all weird. He was like, "Get my my pet Fluffy," and you think Fluffy is this dog or or this uh, small rabbit, and you realize that Fluffy is a big giant rabbit which is chasing Aang who finally responds to Aang when he says fluffy so like everything is is, is like it's 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 changing what you're expecting <laughs> or it's like the multi-headed dog in Harry Potter isn't that dog named fluffy the one that guards the chamber of secrets or some shit like that yeah play a little bit of music he'll go right to sleep and yeah. it's not the chamber of secrets okay <laughs> Jesus Christ get your Harry Potter references I right. said or something <laughs> He's guarding the Philosopher's Stone, okay? Philosopher's Stone, whatever. Anyway. So yeah, I, I, I personally think it's, it's a great step because it's, you're, it's basically forcing it one-on-one with Emperor Callus. Like, everything is about Callus. Or is not it? On... Mm. Well, I'm, I'm, talk, I'm, I'm talking with regards to enemies. Like, whether you're fighting Callus or not. Okay. Everything is about Callus looking, uh, you proving yourself to Callus. Right, right, right. Yeah, the challenge trials. mechanic. It's like I a like PvE it. trials. I like it. I, I'm glad they changed it up because the whole... Everybody's been complaining since year one about do something damage boss, do something damage boss, do something damage... This entire raid is not that at all. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. I, I, it, it's, it's mechanic heavy for those who love mechanics. You're going to get in perfectly fine here. It really is a marriage between the last two raids, between King's Fall and Wrath of the Machine. Wrath of the Machine was all about running around, de- killing ads, maintaining yourself the distance from these ads, properly setting expectations, and then it's also dealing with the actual mechanic. What is the mechanic? You have to get some sort of relic or some sort of empowerment, and that's what this raid is about. So I think the first room, the, the, that relay race, great experience. It took us a, a little bit of time, but finally when, when I was like, yo, I'm noticing that the chains are moving if you stand here. Maybe we have to do that. Finally, we got in and, and we were able to move on. But that was a great moment for, for us, I, th- I think, as a group. It was a fun room um, that was punishing. But once you got the mechanic down, it was pretty. You realize how straightforward it was. Yeah. Uh, before and we you got uh, crap. talk about the next encounter, uh, should I talk mm. about something I really like? Sure. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I I personally want to let you know about uh, Mash Those Buttons, which is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today right on the Mash Those Buttons website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. And I also want to talk about 4D3 design studio who made this amazing icon right here you can go on to etsy we will be uh they will be selling that there the decal there um and you can pick up your own in orbit decal uh as i mentioned it'll be in the show notes so 
With that, let's go ahead and talk about the ever so infamous next encounter. Well, once you complete the bathhouse, you go back to the middle, you get the uh, the standards, and you open up the door. And you finally get to the dogs. And I know, David, you had some specific words you wanted to say. David, why don't you go ahead and ex- explain the Garden of Pleasure itself, the Pleasure Gardens. The Garden of Pleasure is so pleasureful that you you honestly, like, from the pleasure and the pollen, you just want to scratch your own eyes out and then, like, jump off a cliff or something. Because, ugh. Pleasure <sighs> overload. Yeah, so much pleasure. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, the, the mechanic, for those of you who don't know, haven't seen it and stuff, is basically a combination, and this is where, this is where I have problems with it. It's a combination of stealth, but not really, because you don't have to be that stealthy. You just have to stay out of sight lines. Um, timer and DPS. And the way it works is there's people who grab pollen, which is a relic, essentially, and they have to go to a certain location. And there are people who certain flower, certain flower. Yes. And there are people who are on rocks above who have a um, crystal that shines light onto this flower, which will then power the pollen to give you power to be able to fight the dogs who are super strong. You can't really hurt them if you don't have this buff. Well, what happens is if you get seen by the dog, it activates the damage phase already. Then you got to go fight the dogs and people are having so much trouble because they couldn't either. They couldn't kill the dogs, so they make the dogs restless. As it turns out, the more dogs you kill, the more restless they get, the more sporadic they act, the harder it is to do it. So people have kind of made a strat where you just don't kill the dogs. So the final round, but it's just how many hours were we on it? Five hours. Something like that. Five hours before dinner. Yeah. All I know is it's not just us that are experiencing these these issues. This is a, across the board. There are many people who have who are being running into the wall known as the pleasure gardens. Now, yesterday I actually took a group and we were able to get down to one last dog. He was at 25% health. Unfortunately, we just we were so tired it was about 5 in the morning and we we called it quits. Um I have certain problems with this room, and it has nothing to do with the, 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 okay. I'm sorry. It's just, (laughs) this room is, the room is frustrating because there's, there's, it's, there's a certain element of, of RNG with regards to the dogs. And what I mean by that is this. While you're out there, and, and, and I, I don't mind it. As much as I did on, on day one, because because you've done day one, like hours. it's an absolute frustrating mess. You 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 don't know until like okay, maybe you have to do this, and, and then when you finally realize what you have to do, you have to get some sort of empowerment. Then you're like, okay, we have to crawl, we have to move around slowly so that the dogs can't see us, they can't hear us. But it turns out you don't. Anyway, so so with regards to the dogs, they do react to sound. If you're running by them, they will turn around and run towards you. They are very much they're like the harpy. I'm sorry, the gorgons from yeah. Vault of Glass. They're they're very similar. In you fact, can walk. This you can. Well, we found out you can walk. Running is you yeah. Can, sort of no, you can, you can walk. walk. So they tested it. Say no to rage and data. Both tested it. You can you can run, jump, do all that stuff. It's cones of vision. And the cones of vision are like buggy. 
because they, oh, it, it? it's yeah, it's weird. But you can mm. you can literally stand behind one of them jumping and it won't turn around. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I entirely agree with that, because they definitely when I've double jumped behind one, they've it reacted. Oh, well, that's a double jumping. Do you remember Gorgons would react to double jumping? Right, um, but they would also react to running. If you ran right by one, they would react to yeah, the, the, the Gorgons would, yeah. but these, these are different. You can run because the, the strategy that um, has basically mm. been put in place by a lot of the people who are doing it multiple times now is they have set paths and the mm. paths are for running and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you basically have, okay, we start run here, now run here, now run here, now run. And it's timed out perfectly. I mean, I can't, I obviously can't do it. I, I haven't completed it yet, but these people have it down <laughs> Um, so that they can literally just run from spot to spot to spot to spot, going right past dogs, but as long as they don't enter this cone of vision. And a lot of the problems we had, without even knowing we were having this problem, is as you kill dogs, they get um, restless. Now, the restless, we thought in the group when we were doing it, meant timer, which, yes, the timer does go down, but it also makes the dogs act sporadically, which is when the true RNG component comes in because these dogs now will randomly turn around. Yeah. And as we found out, will randomly run into a cave, apparently. They just run. They just like they, they turn into like puppies where they like all of a sudden they're like, woo, woo, and just run. It was, it was sort of cool. Yeah. But it was really, really frustrating the first day when you're trying to figure this out. And you're like, you're just starting to get these patterns down. And all of a sudden you're like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the, the RNG I'm talking about that, that we encountered yesterday is this. The dogs react to weird things. Um, while you're doing the encounter and you blow up or you shoot at a, at a flower and it explodes, that triggers two beast handlers up top. So let's say that the, the beast handler is directly above the dog. If you were to kill it with, because you can shine your prism, the light, as a weapon mm-hmm. to attack the beast handler. If the dog is directly below the beast handler and you kill it up top on its little perch, it'll trigger the dog to act sporadically and move around as if you ran into his cone of vision. If you kill the beast handler with that same light and he's behind the dog, nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. Even weirder. Even weirder, if the beast handler is shooting at you, the dogs don't react. They're just like, mm, okay. You can you can shoot a beast handler in front of a dog, and it doesn't yeah. even react. Basically, if the, it reacts, if the beast handlers rea- we are on the ground, that yesterday. if the beast handlers are on the ground, it seems like it's okay to shoot them. But if they're up top, then it's that funky. seems to be when it's not okay. It doesn't make any sense. There's just so many question marks over the the way they yeah. work, and I don't like it. Right. Yeah. Yesterday we encountered when we shot, when I shot the, the beast handler and killed him in front of the dog, that's when he reacted all over the place. So mm-hmm. I, I don't thing. agree w- with what you're saying because I personally experienced where they just went all over the and place. And I personally really? experienced it doing nothing, which is even worse because that means there's even more that's, randomness. That's one of the things there's we're no complaining about, though. There's, yeah, that's right. one of the so, things we're complaining about. Yeah, there's no consistency. So, uh, I, I don't mind the mechanics so much, but the fact that there's so much inconsistency, inconsistency on what does trigger the dogs, what doesn't trigger the dogs. If they move around, if they don't move around. Now, thankfully, they have set paths, but we can already see that 
if there is a hard mode, uh, if there's a variant on the hard mode, that this encounter most likely has two more dogs. Yeah. And the reason I say that is there are eight total flowers, six dogs, yeah. and they're in set paths. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, Lord. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> no, but the, yeah. the other thing is that Gorgons had a mechanic to tell you when you were getting closer to be found. Like, um, you'd, you'd start to get too close to a Gorgon and start go beep. Beep, 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 beep. And you could get away. The dogs? No, you don't know till you're found that you messed up. Yeah, right. that's true. They sort of run towards you, but at that point, you really, you've really you already been saw. Yeah, yeah, so you just, yeah, there really isn't any warning. Yeah, so I, I, I hope that they, I don't want, normally I'm not all for a patch that makes a, a raid easier. What I want is a patch that makes that encounter more consistent. Because for me, and I know for many people, we, we're just like, we didn't do anything and the dog is skitzing out. Yesterday we had a situation <laughs> where the dog ran into the flower and was stuck on the flower. Yeah. There's, there's, the there's, flower that was lit up. There was a time where the dog, like... Uh, you guys were like following a dog's path when we were doing it. And you're like, okay, we know it's going to turn this way. We know it's going to turn. And then the dog decides to like moonwalk and is suddenly on top of you guys. <laughs> and stuff like that is like, no, that's not okay. Like you fixed, they fixed stuff like this before. Do you remember at King's Fall, the, the ogres, the mm -hmm. teleporting ogres? Oh my God. They fixed that. And I feel like this is uh, a similar situation to that. You had to bring mm -hmm. that up. <laughs> no so so uh, again we, once you figure out the mechanic it's a really interesting concept not my favorite room in a destiny raid and i know for a lot of people it's not that fun um and that's unfortunate because i see where they were going with regards to the, the that encounter but i think that the overall execution is that they they failed simply because there's a lot of inconsistencies with regards to what works and what doesn't Right. So I hope that they do issue a patch not to make it easier, simply to make it more consistent. I agree. Um, I, I can't really give firsthand experiences on the rest of the raid, unfortunately, because I've had so many inconsistencies. Save it for next what week. What I will say, yeah, what I will say is em the final boss is Emperor Catalyst. And with regards to the story, when you finally kill him, you realize that the Emperor Catalyst that you fought is a giant robot. When you go into the treasure area where you get your final loot, everything with regards to Emperor Callus, you realize that maybe he's not Cabal anymore. And what I mean by that is when you go towards the treasure chest, there are all these Emperor Callus robots hanging up there like Sigma from Mega Man X. Just chilling there like, this is my next body. Like like M. Bison too. Oh my god. How come there's a lot of stuff with extra bodies anyway they're just chilling they're like okay you destroyed my body i'll go ahead and replace it almost dr doom-esque yeah so my theory <laughs> on everything with regards to emperor cows you kill me says whenever you're ready call upon me i have more to teach you and then he sends Basically, you to like, the best merchant ever yeah so <laughs> so so Yep. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I just want to get finish off the story with regards to the raid because I it, think it's none really, of that really matters because of the best merchant ever. <laughs> I think that the story is really really fascinating <laughs> with regards to the raid, which is that Callus clearly knows that something else is out there, something more powerful than anything we've encountered. He has power, 
And he specifically chose us because we completed a challenge, almost as the nine are kind of choosing us because we defeated Skolas. We proved ourselves to the nine in beating Skolas. Um, clearly, the nine knew something was going to happen with either with Oryx or possibly in the future, and they wanted to test the Guardians, which is why they released Skolas and they gave him a catch. That started the whole situation with regards to the House of Wolves. So... It's kind of weird that Emperor Callus has transcended his cabal corporeal form and took a new form, which I believe is the actual Leviathan. I think that the Leviathan creature himself is Emperor Callus. I That's think my he's theory. a scion. Well, we know that that he learned the psionic powers from the psionic the scions, whatever race they're called. Yep, he's he's a scion. He's a teeny little scion, which would actually be hilarious. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we've complete the raid, you go back to the tower, and you finally realize how that sweeper bot actually survived. The sweeper bot is an agent of Emperor Callus himself, and you get tokens throughout the raid that you're just like, what is this for? That's where you would get uh, your most consistent way of getting armor pieces and weapons and all that stuff. You would get it by turning in that kind of faction reputation which is the tokens from the raid everything about this game is about giving tokens to people and you have to yep, prove yourself yep, yep. by giving tokens to the sweeper bot who when you talk to him he's just sweeping and all of a sudden he his head turns like this his eyes turn his red. turns red and he's like, he's like oh yeah God. so did you do, do we know if his name's the same as it was in destiny one i think it is uh, he has like a name dash number it's benedict something something but Benedict dash ninety nine. I feel like but, his but name I, was Benedict something in Destiny One. So like, I don't, when we were seeing yeah. the the thing come up in the raid, and we we're like, who the who the heck's Benedict? Like, <laughs> we just were overlooking our yep. loyal sleep, sweeper bot. Yep. I don't think he he had a name in Destiny One. He was just known as sweeper bot. I thought he had a, a number on it I, because I you think, could talk I, to him during yeah. the uh, one Halloween event. You don't. I don't think you talked to him. about his broom, right? Talk to him. Yeah. Well, you, you you do the broom thing with the sweeper bot. Yeah. I have to look into it. I honestly don't know. Yeah, but you definitely I, go I, to I, sweeper I, bot to give him his broom back. Right. I I remember that. And yeah. to answer but, uh, a quick question question from chat from mm -hmm. uh, yes, this vendor doesn't show up until after you've beaten the raid. Right. Uh, unfortunately, you you can't go in the raid. Get a couple tokens, leave the raid, and, and and then get some raid weapons. That's not how it works. Again, it almost feels like Bungie wants you to specifically complete the raid to then be rewarded. You have to be powered up before you get into the raid. The raid itself is a test of your skills. So, all in all, I think that the concept for the raid, from what I've seen, is very, very interesting. I just wish that it was more consistent in its delivery. Okay, but we will be completing it this weekend, and then we'll yeah. also be trying out Trials of the Nine, which the promotion of of it reminds me a lot of like X Files ish, like it's very like weird and foreboding and, and mysterious, very creepy. So I I like that it's Trials. It's basically the the Seven Wind card, except it's going to be countdown this week on a specific map. And it is live as we speak right now. Um, you do get an emblem. 
you get a buff that in, that indicates that you have completed trials and you have uh, gone flawless. Yep. Which I think is very cool. If you look on your options screen, if you hit down and you right above your um, emotes, there's one that's always been there that says uh, showcases whatever you're doing or what or whatnot. Um, I think it's really cool that that you have a specific icon that shows there that you went flawless, and it's not just um, what is it? it not emblem, but uh, ornament. It's something that that that's very clearly shows that you went flawless, and it only lasts that one week, kind of like the blue flame from uh, completing the night flow. I don't got much yeah. to say about trials there, so <laughs> I want to just experience it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I I, I haven't with, played it yet either. I got I got I got to do the same thing. All right, and with that, we go to messages from the reef. So Messages from the Reef is your section where we ask you, the audience, to contribute to the show. Whether it be questions, topic recommendations, or whatnot, we always welcome them. You can always send us emails to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or send us questions on Twitter at inorbitpodcast. Or you can follow the links that we're going to have in the show notes to join us on Discord where you can ask questions to the show. First one comes from Kyle Kimlick. What are your thoughts on the clan experience as a whole in Destiny 2? And I want to preface this question by saying that there's already controversy with regards to the raid. As you know, when you complete items um, that are listed there in your clan rewards, such as the Nightfall, Crucible, Trials, and the raid, um, you earn rewards for the clan. If If somebody in your clan completes the raid... They unlock the raid thing that you you and then you can go to Hawthorne and get a reward from the raid. This is where people are upset from because they're like the raid from the raid. I the pulse rifles. The don't auto rifles, think we should go down this rabbit hole right now. I don't. No. Okay. No, I don't. I mean, because it's a horrible, horrible rabbit hole, and there's so <laughs> much controversy. And I wanna, I wanna see how Bungie reacts because the controversy has just started, kind of like last yeah. night into today. I want to see if Bungie reacts to it. So you want to be boring. Okay. Right. No, I do kind of. I want to, I like, I want to, <laughs> if we're going to talk about this, I want to dedicate a lot of time to it and truly talk about it because I think that this reward system, because we're, I don't, I don't know for sure yet, but I think the trials one does the same thing. I want to see if that happens because that changes the way that exclusive loot works. It's no longer really exclusive. And right. that's a, big change yeah but it's been like that for a while now i mean you you really haven't uh, had to experience i mean if you think think about it when age of triumph came in you completed crucible bounties you could get the old trials, trials, gear, the old trials gear though not no the- you can you you could get the new stuff as well you, you can go right now complete those weekly bounties and you have a chance of getting the new stuff it'll be the blue it won't be the the gold flawless ones It'll be the blue right, ones, right? right but the flawless you... ones, the exclusive stuff. But I mean, uh, but now it must have been, the wasn't it? A re- it must have been like a really, really low chance to get the current blue trial stuff from those weekly bounties because I I've gotten so many from them. Really? I don't yeah, think that, I've gotten. Okay, were... okay. Let's let's go back uh, to yeah, the that's... question at hand. What are our thoughts on the clan experience in <laughs> <of> Destiny Two? <laughs> I, I I personally am enjoying it. Yeah, because I get to see the clan grow. And I get to see people get rewarded 
for the exploits of the clan. Um, sometimes there, there are people who will never be able to experience these items, unfortunately. We try our very best in our clan to get as many people through raids and activities. And I can't guarantee that everybody will be able to experience them, but I am glad to see that they're getting rewarded because from what I'm seeing, for example, as I mentioned in the, on the show, the raid is not about what you earn there to power yourself up in the raid. Although you do have a chance of getting a weapon or an armor piece, the raid is about you being prepared enough to be able to complete that activity. Yeah, it's it's true. And I, I, I'm the same way. I really like that it, it shows. I really like, I don't know, I, I like, um, I mean, it's probably just because we have a, a 100 person clan, but I really like logging on on day one and seeing that the week XP is already completed. It's, mm-hmm. There's a cool feeling about that, <laughs> but it's um, yeah, it's it's fun. I like how it rewards your clan members for things you do because it gives people like say you work a lot or say you don't have a chance to do the nightfall that week. You then because you're in this clan and you're a committed member to this clan, you get the reward. I like that, and I really like how it's incorporated into the game and they make mm-hmm. it an avid part of your experience being incorporated into the game. I really like that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the let's the, move. Oh. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just I was just gonna give my quick thoughts on it that I do yeah. like the clan experience and how like it benefits everyone. Um, you know, but I, I sort of I sort of wish that there was something they could do to like uh decrease the benefit from people that aren't active. Not that we've had an experience like that, but it it's it's a thing. And that's part of the controversy right now. I don't want to get into the controversy, but that's all I want to say. The one thing I, I I hope that they do is that they make an emblem out of your uh, clan banner. Yeah, I, I wish they cool. I wish they had that too. Like you could just activate yes. your clan emblem. Yeah, I, I hope that they put that in the future because one of the cool things that I didn't mention while while we were talking about the raid and and the the story itself, um, guided games is active for nightfalls. So I I did one earlier, and when I completed it, I. Everybody in the fire team got an emblem for being in a guided game. And it's cool. actually really, really cool and nice. Cool. nice. Um, another cool thing is that you can invite people into your clan from the game itself. It has to be an admin that does it. So I would go to, let's say, somebody on there. It's like, hey, you want to join my clan? Here's I send you the invite. Boom. You can approve it in-game. All of a sudden, boom, you're already in the clan in-game, and you can start earning rewards immediately. Yeah. yeah. I like it. So that's really cool. Um, the next question actually comes from the producer himself, Mr. Ja. Um, do you think Bungie will release multiple raids per expansion? No. Multiple, no. One, yes. I don't even think we're going to get one on the next one. Yeah, so this is something that, okay. that I we've noticed. I know me and David. I know it hasn't been talked about a lot in... Um, the community but it's something that's worth pointing out all of the inform the leak that happened a, a while ago um that, that showed on the xbox live store um when they talked about the curse of osiris mentioned a whole bunch of stuff about a new social space new story missions new patrol area this and that on mercury but nothing said anything about the raid yeah so there's there's a lot of people hmm. who believe that Curse of Osiris will not feature a raid at all. It just to me it'd be too soon, honestly. Like I know people really want to raid like nonstop, but this expansion is supposedly dropping in December. We'll have been playing the raid for three months. Like 
I think it's too soon. I think every six months is good enough for me for a raid, which would basically put it so that the second expansion drops a raid, and I'm okay with that. I just hope that we get some strikes, some strikes to tide us over. Personally, I would not be happy. I've already expressed it to you, David. I would not be happy if there was there wasn't a raid with Osiris. But that's just yeah. Me. I'm in the same boat. Um, it should be. I think there should be a raid. Right. So the next question comes from Rasp Nogar. Based on the beta and PlayStation Play so far, do you think Destiny Two will be able to succeed as an esport on PC? Better than Destiny 1. Um, it's not going to be an eSport on PC. Uh, I mean, I think it has a better chance to succeed as an eSport in Destiny 2. On PC, I'm not sure why he's specifying PC necessarily. I think console has just as much of a legitimate chance to be featured in eSport as PC. But I don't know. I'm not so, really uh, into that. I'm not really into that sort of sector of the game, uh, of gaming in general. So, so he he brings that up because esports are more. How do I put this? They're 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 everything's a little seems a little bit more controlled and 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 more competitive on the PC side. Not to say <laughs> that it's not competitive on PlayStation, but. Esports and and competition are more known and more widely promoted on PC than ever on PlayStation or Xbox One. Except Activision's Um, biggest esport game is Call of Duty, and that's all on console, and they've made sure it stays on console. And I don't think they would take it away from console because it's a console game first, and I don't think this game will ever not be a console game first. So if it's going to be an esport... I think it would just simply be on PS4, but I honestly don't think it'll be an eSport anytime soon, especially because we don't even have private matches, let alone custom matches, which is what you really need for it to be an eSport. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually and I agree with that. Ultimately, I don't actually believe I, I said it would. It has a greater chance in Destiny 2. I think things are set up better. The PvP is better in Destiny 2, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be a eSport. Um anytime soon either i that's not to say that they won't have competitions based on destiny 2 pvp um anyone that is listening that was at guardian con or knows what happened at guardian con knows that there could be very successful pvp tournaments in destiny if done right yeah there can be tournaments and there will be tournaments because there's a, a community that loves the pvp but that still doesn't make it an eSport. No, no, no. But you'll have something more than just being able to load in game. There there are other things out there. And that, I think that's where Destiny, Destiny's PvP fits in best, is with the community doing their own thing. So l- let's go ahead and move on. Uh, next question comes from Eli Ansara. What was your favorite moment from the Destiny 2 story? That's a tough one. Um, the Destiny 2 story was pretty good throughout. Um, with the, We've mentioned some of the weak points earlier. Uh, my favorite, absolute favorite part um, <laughs> was probably the part that made me laugh the most, that it wasn't fail-safe, 
it was probably the part where Gaul was on top of the ship while you're fighting him in the last mission and he's being surrounded by that light vortex of power and he starts to make this crazy sound. I think he's levitating in. He's like, oh, <laughs> I need more. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's just like, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know what was going on there, really. I looked away. I didn't actually see it with my eyes. No, it was, it made me laugh out loud. I was dying when I watched that. And uh, that was probably my favorite part because it was sort of serious. It was cool to watch. The visuals were awesome. The colors were awesome. That fight, final fight was neat. Um, like that, what he was, the way he was like screaming and writhing, I was like, oh, this is amazing. At the same time, loving it and thinking it's hilarious. So I think that may be my most memorable part of the story. My most memorable part was Cade's chicken distraction. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) For me, it's the most Halo section of the game. Tank. Running ah, through yeah, with that tank, yeah, that powerful, powerful tank, and just comp- you, you have to stop a giant ship ship from lifting off by firing a shot into the back, right into the thrusters. It's hilarious. Like you're you're just this. You realize how powerful this tank. This tank puts the Scorpion tank from from Halo to shame. The thing is ridiculous. As tracking missiles, the just shoots them. Takes out all the minor ads and you just fire that big single shot tank shot. It's like, oh my god! I mean, it's just, it's just basically funny take- because the cabal still try and shoot you, and you're like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little dis- you know, speaking of the tanks. I thought we were going to see more tanks in the game that we currently have, and we haven't seen anymore. We just had like the we have the tanking thing where we're going through the mines, and then we have the tank that we shoot. It's like, damn it, that's it. It was like a teaser, you know? I'm like, I hope we get more. That was nice, too. Let's that go. was fun. Let's get through these next few. Um, the next one is from Luminous Lamna. Power weapons. Is there a superior option for legendaries, or are they all on the same level? I'm going to quickly answer this one. Anything that's not a grenade launcher. I mean, I, yeah, I think yep, the, yep, the easiest right. power weapon. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they're all on the same level, but I agree with you. Yep, anything but a grenade launcher. <laughs> yeah, grenade launchers I, I think, are pretty poop. That's, that is for I, sure. I think the 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 most important one to get right now is the one that Zer. Oh, we didn't even talk about him. Zer is back, and he's currently selling. What is there to talk Ooh. about? Zer's he back. Is, he's uh, mildly disappointing. Yet he's selling merciless. merciless. Don't buy it. Don't. Don't don't waste coins on guys. Don't do it. Never don't listen to these lies. Don't lies. Don't don't listen to these lies. He's selling a gun called Merciless. Let me talk about Merciless. Don't buy it. Don't listen to him at all because he's (laughs) full of crap. Merciless right now is what Gallahorn was in year one pre-nerf. This thing is amazing. So let's talk about Merciless. It's all right. So it's a regular, it starts off with a regular fusion rifle. It has, I think, seven or eight shots, I believe, in a magazine. You shoot the first shot, fine, you deal some damage. Shoot the second shot, all of a sudden you realize it's shooting a little bit faster. Shoot the third shot, all of a sudden you're shooting faster. The fourth shot, the fifth, as long as it's not killing the target, it's going to consistently shoot shot almost instantaneous. instantly. It's almost instantaneous. So it, it's, it's like a... <laughs> 
It's a mixture between um, Pocket Infinity yep. and Plan C, the, the initial shot. It's it's ridiculous. Like, it just constant damage. This thing will melt bosses. If you have a power weapon reloader, you can just quickly reload. And it has it's a quick reload as it is right now. Quickly reload, go back into your damage sequence, and you're doing insane damage, especially if you're doing if you're having issues with the the, the dogs. You're just putting insane amount of damage into the into the target, and then you can quickly reload and start the process all over again. It is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yep. And I think that they made these things broken, like the warlocks uh, situation with the the devour i don't think anything like this is broken I, it, it almost reminds me of breath of the wild where they want you to discover the best combination and utilize that to to beat the enemies because these enemies will surround you and beat you senseless whether you have life back or not yeah so it, it i i think that it was really intentional that these designs because these weapons fusion rifles feel so good even though they nerfed them slightly they feel so good in PvE and PvP. Oh my god, they are just beautiful. 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 Yeah. Yep. I actually haven't okay. been using fusion rifles. I've been using shotguns in PvP because I don't know why. I just find them to be a lot of fun. But fusions, if you I'm guessing in trials right now, fusion is probably the heavy of choice, unless the map is longer range, maybe no. snipers, but no, the, the the weapon of choice in PvP is a damn sword. Oh my god. Oh, they previously yeah, previously I've seen that many of them. To... Okay, dude, oh. I picked up a sword and some heavy weapon. I was going on like 20 run tears with that thing cuz you can just you can hide around corners, you can move yeah. super fast, and the, the way swords work now, you can see <laughs> around the corners so well. You can just wait till people come up, boom, triple white quad kill. It's it's nuts, dude. Hmm. It reminds true, me of. Yeah. I've been baiting with the shotguns pretty well, so I'll have to try a sword now. It reminds me of the energy swords from Halo, where people used to crouch down to go invisible, wait for somebody to come by, and then just slice them right through the heart. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like swords are really. You know what makes swords strong now, especially in P in Destiny One. Yes, you had swords in PvP, but you only had access to them when heavy weapon ammo was out, which was before the nerf only once or twice uh, was about twice a match then it was only one time a match which meant swords were completely useless in pvp for the most part in this game you can get sword ammo throughout the game i've i've gone in tears where i had 30 um 30 ammo slices and it's just oh my god they are really strong they're but here's the thing they're so close range that they're balanced by that I don't feel that they're they're that they need to be nerfed. I think that you need to recognize your surroundings more, because if you see somebody crouching there with with a sword, throw a grenade, especially an area of effect one. Titans, uh, I know Titans and Warlocks have this. If you're the uh, Arc subclass, throw down a pulse grenade. Pulse grenades oh, yeah. are way more powerful than anything that you had in Destiny One. They are they put lightning grenades to shame. Yeah, I switched. I, it's shocking how powerful those things were in the raid. It was like, whoa. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and I I know a lot of people are complaining about Mita multi tool. I personally don't think Mita multi tool is that bad. Oh no! Don't Wait, let people complain. What do you mean? And people have complained so, since multi -tools, day one. No, it's exactly so, what so, it should be. It doesn't feel op. It's just really balanced. Right. 
Because because here's the, here's the thing. I think the the current meta is heavily favoring uh, scout rifles of all kinds. It, that's what people rifles. figured it would too. Right. Um, auto rifles feel very very good. Everything um, feels good straight up, except for SMGs. SMGs are. I think they should be no, a little more. Because if you're on top of someone, you melt them, dude. You just if you no, have yeah, to I, use a do. gun to its it, to its advantages, and everything feels great. Yeah, right. that's I true. think, the, like I said, I think the only thing that needs to be looked at possibly is grenade launchers because they still don't feel all that special. But we've spent a lot of time on that. Let's go ahead and move on to the next question. Okay. Um, from Jay Vaz, what is the most efficient way to level up? Public events. Uh, public events. Oh yeah. And adventures. Yep. Moving on. Moving on. There you go. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> Guava dude, weapon mods. How do we feel is the best way to use them? Why, when, etc. Give us like so, a month. No, I, I can go ahead and answer yeah, that right we now. Can, we can do a preliminary answer. Can you though? So can you? Yes. Yeah, we can. I can. I have too many mods so, to even know what's going on. Right. So so we here's can the thing. And we shall. So until you get purple weapon mods, there's there's two different type of weapon mods, and yes, there's there's ones that affect all kinds of things. But the two main ones that you want to look at are this. Are they blue or are they purple? If they're purple, they're going to give you five times, uh, five, five more uh, power to that individual item. So it, it could, you could add five additional power to your kinetic weapon, five additional power to your armor piece, whatever the case may be. You have to take that into account with regards to the infusion system, which is already weird. Now that we've had more time with it, I still think it's clunky. I don't like it entirely. But I understand it way more. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's really challenging for new players. And I hope that they introduce some sort of, I don't know, some sort of tutorial for new players. Because I don't want them to go through what we went through. It is really bad. Regardless, when you feel like you have an armor piece that's decent, that you think you're going to stick on stick to for a while, that you think is going to benefit you most... You may like it has a lot of mobility or a lot of recovery, whatever the case may be. And you have a weapon mod, a purple one that you like, for example, gives you quick reloads for kinetic weapons, quick reload for energy weapon, whatever the case may be. Go ahead and put it on that weapon piece. You're going to give five additional power to that piece. Anytime you get something that, that you can infuse, let's say that they were, you get a blue that's the same power level as that purple that has the power mod. Then that means that the power, the, the, the legendary, you can infuse that blue into it. Infusion system works like this. If you're infusing a blue into something, it costs four legendary marks. If you're infusing a legendary into something, it takes one legendary mark. If you're infusing an exotic into something, it takes glimmer. That's it. That's how the infusion, infusion system works. You just have to be aware that if the two power numbers match... Check to see if that legendary or exotic has a power mod. If it does, then that means that you can infuse something into it to actually make it higher by five points because the base power is five less. That's how, the, that's how you should take a look at those weapon mods. If you think that you can get more power out of it, put it on there. If it's a, if it's a weapon or armor piece that you like and proceed from there and then just customize it to the best of your abilities later on. Right. Yeah, so don't to sum forget up. that. Okay, David. No, you no, no go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to just mention that uh, this surprised me at first because I didn't realize. I didn't, this is really early. I put a exotic 
into a legendary and oh. it came out yeah and i did this really early on without looking anything up it was just messing around yeah it was okay it was like an extra hard light that i had or something okay. like that because i got a couple of them so i didn't lose anything i wanted i was just like ah screw it i'll just throw this into there because uh i need to i want to fuse this it was five less than i expected i only gained like three power levels or something like that i was like whoa and i was like what happened and i was like thought i was like looked something up i was like and i mentioned something to you guys and i was like yeah i definitely i screwed up so Remember, exotics always have a mod on them, and some legendaries will have a mod on them that are giving you five additional power. So you got to make sure that if you're infusing something in, you don't infuse something unless you already have checked whether or not it has a mod. If it has a mod, remember, it's going to infuse five less than what you're seeing because the mod doesn't count when you're using it as infusion fuel on a weapon. It only counts when the weapon you're infusing has the mod. So if, for instance, if an exotic that's 290 gets infused with something that's 295, it could actually theoretically be 300 then because mm -hmm. of that power mod. So that's how people Correct. have been getting um, to max power because they're not actually getting everything at 300. They're actually getting a bunch of 295 gear and they're putting power, uh, mods on them. So, right. Just remember, that's how it works. Those mods don't count in the infusion. They count towards the power level. Right. Yes. So let's go ahead and move on to the next one because uh, uh, we're, we're running out of time. Uh, last one actually comes from uh, Medium Rarely. Uh, his question is, is there any must-have guns or equipment you all have recommended? Y'all have recommended for the raid? Yes. Um, Merciless. Merciless um, swords. Hawthorne shotgun. You, Hawthorne shotgun with full auto. Yep. Um, shotguns now have critical damage again. So if you're, especially on the dogs, if you put the, the, the gun right to the dog's head, just hold it down. You're doing an insane amount of damage. Yep. I was doing 22, 23,000 with Damn. the four, uh, with the, the three stacks, the 36 times, uh, damage boost. Nice. So they, it does a lot of damage really, really quick. Um, so those are my recommendations, especially if you're doing the raid. And bring swords. The linear um, fusion rifle. That thing is a boss. Yeah, being a boss it, that's a good backup. It is, it is the of a sniper. It, so linear fusion rifle and actually cold heart are some of the best that people have found for the final boss when you make it that far. Because when you're versing real bosses, those two do insane damage. Mm, okay. Yeah, so... So my my loadout for the for the uh, I'm sorry for the raid was I had better devils because um, scout I'm sorry uh, hand cannons do a lot of damage um, since all these enemies are up close and the explosive damage kind of helps clear out minor mobs. Mm -hmm. um, I I did have um, what did I have for my secondary or for my energy weapon? I'm sorry. I think I had I did have cold heart at one point, but I switched over to an auto rifle to help clear out mobs. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can always switch back if, depending on what phase you're doing or what enemy you're doing. And I definitely had Hawthorne shotgun, but I I have seen a lot of success with swords, the ones that do the uppercut damage, uh, yeah. do great damage on um, bosses or heavily shielded targets. But I, I really think the biggest thing that's going to help you out in this raid isn't just that. It's the area of effect, area of effect grenades. Those are um, awesome too. Yes. Uh, pulse grenades. Vortex grenades, solar grenades, those things are really, really useful to help clear out 
weapon um clear out enemies and uh so equipment we're not just talking about guns the lucky raspberry uh chess piece for hunters is really good in this game because it's got a chance with each enemy it hits to restore your grenade instantly so if you're throwing arc bolt grenades into a group of like five to ten enemies you're basically guaranteed to get that grenade back so it's, it's really mm-hmm. good in that matter. And the other thing with this raid is, well, we've suggested some guns for you. Uh, it's it's really lenient as to what you can use. It's basically whatever you feel comfortable with yep. at a time when it comes to primary and energy, especially like just use it because um, there's a lot of further encounters and close up encounters and you can make whatever you want work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, for example, even though I don't run Arc Strider too much in the raid, I, I find more success with um, Night Stalker, and the reason for that is um, since there's so many enemies, Orpheus Rig, which is the, the hunter boots, mm-hmm. you tether something, and there's a whole bunch of ads around, and they all get tethered, you basically get your super instantly back. And, yep. you, and, and if you're one of the people who is defending the doors, you're just constantly getting your supers. You're constantly tethering these enemies. <laughs> you kill one enemy, 700 enemies all of a sudden explode and die. It's 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 fan. It, this is this is way better than 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 when Night Stalker first came out. It, it's absolutely amazing how how much um you how quickly you can kill these guys and and because you're constantly generating your supers, you're having so many orbs just drop. They're, you're just pooping them out. It's ridiculous. Nice. Um, but yeah. So that is all the questions that we have for this week. We want to thank everybody for um for submitting questions again you have our email in orbit podcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet at in orbit podcast or follow the link in our show notes to our discord page we're at the end of the show but before we do um jordan do you have anybody you want to promote anybody you want to highlight um a I know we we had we didn't get a streamer of the week last week but i'm kind of putting you on the spot do you have anybody you want to kind of promote who's <laughs> a good friend of yours Oh, geez. Um, so <laughs> the issue with that is we've actually brought on a lot of people that um, as guests and we've we've already done that. Um, I have a lot of people. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go hit my following tab and we're going to promote someone just like I was hosting at the end of one of my broadcasts. So let's roll the dice here. No pun intended. Or was it? Um, I'm sure you guys got that pun. Um, let's go with all right, guys. I got guys. So this is guy. Um, you actually know him, sort of. You know his work if you've gone on to DestinyTracker.com or .net. Is it? Um, the the Destiny Tracker website. You most of you probably know it. They play Destiny. It tracks all your stats and PVE and PVP and everything. There's even a plugin for Twitch. So if you're on my channel. And you scroll down to the info, there's actually a, a little stat tracker thing that you can put up for my characters. Um, his name on Twitch is Danfinity. And I'll I'll drop a link to his channel in chat. Uh, he streams Destiny. Um, and he's a really cool guy. So I would uh, highly suggest checking him out at twitch.tv forward slash Danfinity. And that's his All link right. right there. Cool. Well, thank you very much to Danfinity. You are the streamer of the week. We'll make sure to include your information in the show notes. Check them out, guys. Um, that is T-Bot's recommendation of the week. You know, we should just call that streamer of the week sponsored by T-Bot. Okay. 
He's like, all right, I'll, t- I'll take the publicity. Do it. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, whatever. All school guys. Anyway, David, since we're here at the <laughs> end of the show, why don't you go ahead and wrap this back exactly like that. <laughs> we want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit, as always. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in live with us and uh, kept that chat pretty active through this um, podcast. We loved it. We love taking part with y'all in that chat. Uh, if you haven't tuned in live with us before, y'all. we're going live at 10 p.m. every Friday. That's 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so 7 p.m. West Coast and what 9 p.m. Central. So uh, make sure you're tuning in with us. It's a great time. Uh, we are available on a ton of platforms, so please make sure you're spreading the word. Best way to do that is to simply share in orbit with others. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Downcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm. Pocket Cast YouTube, and we have an RSS feed. Links to each are available right on the Masters Buttons website at www.mastersbuttons.com. All right. And make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. Also, make sure to check out the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details. So make sure that you check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site. That's our Twitter for Mash Those Buttons. Twitter.com slash podcast, especially if you want to send us any questions. Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons. YouTube.com slash Mash Those Buttons. Search on YouTube for In Orbit podcast for the past live streams. Join us on Discord at HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash Discord dot GG forward slash capital F lowercase a three capital t lowercase h e x that'll be in the show notes people so you don't have to memorize that ain't the lord and as i mentioned you can email us at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com so david where can people find you at you can find me on twitter at ds underscore bolt or stream on twitch twitch.tv slash ds bolt no spaces no underscores and jordan where can people find you at you can stream. Uh, wow, that's you just can like told, stream I started, me at. I just totally started that sentence backwards. You can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash intbot. If you're in chat, links there. Awesome, and as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, Go to NRG. That's G O the number two N R G. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jordan, Jared, and myself, and the great people who are joining us in chat. We want to thank you as always, and we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny called.